just great, like I said earlier, to be a part of a church like this. I'm super thankful for that. Uh, also thankful for the opportunity for those to listen online. And so for those of you who are listening online, just giving a shout out to Amy, who listens on her way to North Bay uh, uh, every week. Uh, shout out to my parents who check in every week right after. Hey, how was church? Oh, this is how it was. And so, hi, Dad. Hi, Mom. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Um, and for you, for our volunteers and kids ministry, too, who, who serve, uh, it's amazing. There's up to 70 kids a week here right now. It's, uh, I know. And if you, uh, if you love, well, even if you just like kids a little bit, we could sure use your help. Um, so f- please, uh, please talk to some of our kids ministry people. Anybody wearing a blue shirt, we'd love to help get you involved. So, uh, But we're going to jump right in. We started a series last week. It's a series we didn't come up with. it. It's a series by Andy Stanley called Guardrails. Uh, Gary kicked it off last week, and we'll be doing uh, back and forth for the next little, little while. Um, uh, and it is... Uh, uh, he started last week with kind of the easy one. He got to describe what a guardrail is, something that you see all, like you passed a whole bunch of them on the way. You're familiar with a guardrail. You've seen them. Um, maybe you're not familiar with what the description of, of what a guardrail is. Maybe you haven't looked up the definition of it. But uh, after last week, you'd know the definition of a guardrail is this system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous uh, or off-limit areas. That's why the, we have guardrails. They put them by dangerous places so that you don't end up in, a, in, a, in a, a major wreck, you might mess up your vehicle a little bit like Gary illustrated last week with this post. Uh, if you weren't here last week, you can listen to it online, but it, it was definitely one of the ones you wanted to, to be here for. But he, he was saying you, it messes up your vehicle a little bit. It's a little accident, but the guardrail prevents you from having a major accident. And when it's a vehicle, and especially if someone you love is in that vehicle, we're really grateful that those guardrails exist. And they protect us from, they're meant to protect us from major, major pain, major issues. And so our question was, wouldn't it be great if we could have, if we could have guardrails in our life for the other cliffs that, that are not so visible? You know, before you go off that financial cliff and you make an investment you shouldn't have made, you know, or you spent more than you should have spent, wouldn't it have been nice that there was something that stopped you there? It's like, ah, uh, you, you make this decision, it's going to be pain. You know, or before you dated that guy, and then it was like, too late to get out, and now you're married, wouldn't it have been great? No, okay, I'm just kidding. Um, it, but in, in relationships, wouldn't it have been great if there was a guardrail that was like, oh, this is, this is going to cause a lot of pain. I, I, I wish I could just stop morally, relationally, financially. We, we said that the, the idea of guardrails around us is that we would have some of those in our life. And so he ended up last week saying, this is what a guardrail is and how to put those kind of guardrails in your life is what Mark will talk about next week. And so before we get to the, the how, and we said the type of guardrail is not, we're not asking you to install any of these on your driveway. We're asking you to install some in your, in your life. And, and this is what we've uh, uh, changed the definition of those type of guardrails to be. It's uh, this, it's a, a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience for you. It's saying, I, I, I've got a personal, it's personal, it's yours. We're not giving you th- rules today. We're not telling you this is what you need to do if you're a Jesus follower. This isn't actually even a Jesus follower thing. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Christ. It's good news because this, this applies, this is just a life thing. This is something that if you, if you do, it's going to affect you uh, no matter uh, whether you're a believer in Jesus or not. But it's this personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience so that you run up against something in your conscience that says, whoa, whoa, hold on. If you keep going, there's potential, potential major pain. And so before we talk about how to do that, I just want to address the why because some of you are like, you know, it's kind of clever, this guardrails thing, but 
why should I want those? Or why, why do I need those? Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure. But I can just answer that question with, with one word. And the word is regret. Regret. Why should you have them? Regret. It's a feeling of sadness or disappointment uh, of something that's happened or been done. Um, you know, if, for, for you this morning, if you're like, if you love regrets, how many of you just absolutely love the regrets that you've had in your life? All those really bad decisions? No, because we don't love regrets. I thought if you were here this morning and you just love regrets and you just weren't brave enough to raise your hand, well, this series is probably not very uh, beneficial for you. But uh, for the others who are like, you know, when you sit back in life and go, oh, man, I wish I had, or man, I, I really, really wish that I hadn't done that, said that, been there. Those things is what we're trying to avoid, those, those things of pain. And some of them are just passing thoughts, right? There's things, we have these um, regrets that are just, they're just minor. Like, like, I wish I had invested in Bitcoin when it came out because I'd be super wealthy right now. I, I, but that doesn't consume my life. I'm not thinking, oh man, I wish I had, I wish I had. Then there's other ones that are a little bit more life-altering. Like, I wish I had chosen a better tattoo artist. I, I, love, I love this, no regrets. Um, that's not good. And then there's this one, no regets. Uh, that's tattooed on their body. And my favorite one is this, no regerts. Um, I wish, I wish I'd chosen a better tattoo artist. And, and then there's like the big regrets. You know, we've, we've all met people who have huge regrets. Uh, like things like some for some, you know, I wish I, I wish I hadn't married that person. I wish that I, I hadn't gone to that party. I wish I hadn't gotten into that vehicle. I, I wish I hadn't ended that pregnancy. I wish I, I wish I. And they're big ones. And they come back, and they, they're in here, they're in the headspace, and they, they affect life. And so the question that we're trying to answer really this morning is, there's potential danger for our lives. There's potential regret every single day for us, decisions that we make. How, how the question is, in light of all that danger around me, how can I avoid regret. And that's the idea uh, behind the series called Guardrails is if I don't want more of those regrets, if I don't love the ones that I have and I don't want any more, what can I do about that? And talked about how this morning. Our culture will not help you develop guardrails. They, they won't. It's not like it's, oh, if I just live, if I keep living, you know, the, life is going to help me stay kind of on the, the right track. It's not going to happen. Our culture finds guardrails really uncomfortable. When you set up a personal standard for you, Everybody else is like, what? You're like, yeah, I'm not going to go to that party. And they're like, what, are you better than us? Okay, fine, I'll go to the party. Right? That's, they, the, the, the thoughts of, of people who have standards or a guardrail, a personal standard, it just kind of makes everyone else uh, a little uncomfortable. And so culture is not going to encourage you to have them. They're actually going to do the opposite. Culture does the opposite. They actually, culture baits us to make, to just go to the edge of the cliff just get as close to the edge as you can. And then if you fall off, they chastise you for falling off. It's like, get as close as you can. But if you fall off and you're like, well, how does that happen? Come on. Everyone's having a drink. You know, come on. And you're like, no, I don't. Well, yeah, I just one. Oh, oh, okay, just one. And you begin with just one. And then all of a sudden later on, it's those same people look at you like, you're an alcoholic? What's wrong with you? How come you couldn't handle it? Why did you fall off the cliff? You drove drunk? You, what, kind of, what kind of moron are you? You know, everybody knows you're not supposed. Yeah, but wait a second. You were the one saying, come on, have a drink, have a drink, and then chastise you when it goes badly. Other ones like this, spend, spend, spend. You see the advertisement, spend, spend, spend. And it's like, you know, you get to that, and then all of a sudden you're like, you spent too much. And they look at you like, what? you had to declare bankruptcy? And all of a sudden you're like low down on the citizen ladder. It's like, you know, the same people who are like, spend, 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 are like, you know, now you owe, owe, owe. 
It's like, wow, you can't afford your mortgage? You got to move into your mom's basement? You know, it's like things, stop looking at me like that, all right? You know, our, our, our TV and movies, they show so much of this extramarital sexual activity. There's like affairs in all kinds of the TV shows, and they just paint these pictures of it being so great. And, you know, even this website, it's like Ashley Madison, 52 million members looking to maybe have an affair. Life is short. Have an affair. Well, that sounds like really great advice. And then after, you know, for, it's, if, for the people who go that route, all of a sudden everybody's looking at them like, you cheated on your wife? Seriously, what were you thinking? This is what we meant. You know, just, just kidding. You know, we, we just, just get to the, close to the edge. It's fun to get close. But if you fall off, they just look at you like, what? It's, that's our culture. And then even for the, uh, you know, the car ads, it's like, hey, if you buy the new, new 2019 Kia, you can do this. You know, just, you can, the little fine print says, don't try this at home. But the music and everything else is like, try this at home. Try this at home. You buy this car, you can drive like this. And then they look at you like, you got fined for stunt driving. You lost your license. Your mom has to drive you around now. Like, it's like, then they, 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 the switch happens as soon as you go just a little too far. What do we need to help us from going a little too far is this thing called a guardrail. Guardrails are placed in the safe zone. They're not actually, you don't actually put the guardrail where it's dangerous. It's, it's, it's before it gets dangerous. And that's the idea. That's why guardrails are uncomfortable. And we, we talk, kind of talked about this last week, that those guardrails are placed in a spot where it's safe to drive, but you're close. You're close to where it's not safe. Um, Gary shared about his guardrail experience, and I was reminded of one of mine. Uh, back a number of years ago, I, was a, I drove a truck down to New York City with a load full of live ducks. And as I was driving down the one day, uh, I'm a Honda Civic driver back then who happened to be behind the wheel of a big rig. And so I would turn up the radio and I'd have the bass going as I'm driving, like boom, 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 boom. Like, yeah, this, you know, it's, it's like king of the road. And as I'm, uh, as I'm driving, all of a sudden over, I'm listening to the radio and then all of a sudden the CB radio kicks in and I hear this thing like, hey, check out the idiot big rigger who's bowling for pylons. And I'm like, bowling for pylons? I've never, I, I know all their lingo I'm learning, but I haven't heard that before. And so I'm looking around like, where's the big rig bowling for pylons? What is that? And I'm, I don't see anything until I look in my rear view mirror and I see pylons flying off to the side. Boom, boom, boom. As I, and I'm going, I'm hitting them with the front of my truck. And uh, on the way, I was like, oh, you know, I, what I didn't realize is that uh, my vehicle was bigger than kind of than the lane that I was in, and so I'm smashing all these pylons over. Well, I was going down a hill towards, and the pylons were warning you that at the bottom of the hill there's a bridge that's being, the, 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 the guardrail for the bridge is being repaired. It is not there. And so it's over this massive, massive uh, ravine, and I realized if I, I was ignoring or didn't even realize I'm hitting, these, hitting this guardrail, uh, but it cost me 200 bucks to fix the broken headlight on my boss's truck. But had I not been made aware of the fact that I was hitting a guardrail, that could have cost me a lot more. Had I crashed that truck, that would cost me thousands and my job probably. Had I gone over that cliff, it could have cost me my life. That's what the guardrails are there for. And so they're saying not to be, not to, um, uh, to ignore the guardrails when you hit it. That's the idea that you build something in your life that it's like, oh, when I, when I get to that point, I'm like, oh. Okay, I know, I, I don't want to go any further. And so today I want, we want to talk about one area of our lives that is so powerful that we, we, we re might require a guardrail in there. And I want to use this traffic sign to illustrate it. This traffic sign just shows that there's a median ahead. Why do you think they have this traffic sign? Anybody know? There's a median ahead. And what are they trying to do with the median? They're trying to keep two sets of traffic go, uh, which are going in opposite directions away from each other. 
The idea behind this is they're protecting you from the very worst type of accident. Anybody know what it is? Head-on collision. 50% of vehicle fatalities are because of head-on collisions. It's the, it's the most, it's the, the, the worst type of an accident. And it's what this is trying to protect you from. It's trying to protect you from going too close to people who are going in the opposite direction of you. That's what this guardrail is meant to do, protect you from, from uh, people or being too close to people who are going in the opposite direction of you. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about your friendships, being too close to people who are going in an opposite or different direction than you. You ever meet someone you wish you hadn't? It's like, and now you just can't get rid of them? You know, yeah, I see elbows in here. Today. All right, yeah. You, you know, maybe, has your spouse ever met someone and you wish they hadn't? It's like, oh, it's that friend. Or maybe they've met someone and they like them too much. And it's like, oh, I, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, maybe, maybe you're, have your kids ever met someone you wish they hadn't? You're like, I knew I should have sent them to a different school. I just might. Maybe we're going to move because I, I just wish they hadn't met that person. You know, it's um, one thing we know about our friendships is they are incredibly powerful to influence our lives. We learn that as kids, you know, and some of you are sitting here like, wait a second. I don't like where this is going. Don't, don't, I don't want you talking about my friends. Those are my people. You know, I, I don't know what you're going to say, but I don't like it already. This sounds a little judgmental. This sounds like you're going like to cast shade on my, on my people. You, you start, you're sounding like my parents. And our parents actually knew stuff back then. I don't know if you, um, you know, as you get older, you start thinking, man, my parents, they, they knew stuff. It's, this is the principle that, that made our parents not let us hang out with certain people. Did you ever have parents like that? Or yours were the parents we all wanted, you know? <laughs> it's like, they, they'd say, you can't go to their house. I'm like, come on, Dad, their house is the funnest. Their parents are never home. It's just so much more fun. And like, that's why you're never going to their house. And like, think, they say things like, you know, there's, they put guardrails up in our life because we, we didn't know that we needed guardrails, but they did. And they'd be like, my parents set up guardrails like, you're not, there's no dating till you're 18. That was a guardrail in my life. You know, and uh, I, I achieved that, that uh, stat. I thought by choice, but I don't think so because I made it all the way to 21 before I ever had a date. <laughs> but, but I have no teenage regrets of my dating relationships. I have none of those to look back on, and I'm thankful to my parents for that guardrail in my life. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for that guardrail that I know you think I hated. But, you know, there was a guardrail they set in my life. You know, no sleepovers was a guardrail they put in our life, you know, because nothing good ever happens. Only, there's only things that can happen that are negative. It's like, come on, that's, like, everybody just thinks it's so weird, Dad. I'm like, you know what, they might think it's weird, but I, I, I'm just putting it there, not because, not because sleeping over is so dangerous. It's, it's something else that can happen as a result. You know, and it's like your parents, maybe they, you get home too late, and they, where were you? Who were you with? What were you doing, and who are you doing it with? And like, never mind, I don't want to know. You're just grounded for the rest of your life. Ever had that? Me neither. All right. And then, um, you know, parents would, would say things to you like, be careful who you hang around with. And they'd be so crazy about it. They'd be like, you know, don't, uh, don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, and don't go out with the girls who do. You, your parents never said that? Hmm, mine neither. All right. So, um, but maybe this is what you think. You're like, yeah, this sounds a little judgmental. This sounds like you're, you're trying to keep us, you know, away from, from those people. This has nothing to do with those people, and here's why, because here's our verse from last week, Ephesians 5, verse 15. Pay attention to the yellow. Be very careful then how, how you live. Because today, as much as your head wants to go to the space of, oh, it's all about the other people that I'm avoiding, that's not the reason. It's about you. Be very careful how 
you live, not as unwise, but as wise. This is simply a thing of us choosing to be wise. It's not judgmental as much as it is good judgment. And there's a big difference. Being judgmental is for me to say, I make a harsh conclusion about those people. This is my conclusion about them. That's judgmental. That's not what we're up about today. The other side of it is simply this, that I'm going to make a, a wise conclusion about me. I, I know what I'm prone to. I know the direction that I'm heading in my life. I know certain things. And, and it's that, that idea of I'm making a wise decision for me that some of these relationships are just not good for me. And here's what he says. You know, so I guess, you know, the, instead of the don't smoke, drink, or chew, the series is not about those who smoke, drink, or chew. It's uh, guardrails are, in fact, all about you. Let's say that together. It's not about those who smoke, drink, or chew. Guardrails are, in fact, all about you, right? So, so don't allow your mind to go to that spot because that's not what we're all about, and we'll, we'll come back to that at the end. Here's what Paul said to the Ephesians. He says, you know what? Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. You got one chance to live this life. Make the most of it because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I want to look at that this morning, that which leads to debauchery, because that's why we have guardrails in our life. The debauchery thing, I know that's a word we don't use. I mean, nobody said today, hey, oh, I was out last night. I had a few too many. I got totally debauched. Like, none of you came here this morning and said that. But debauchery is basically doing, like, all of these things that either hurt you or hurt someone else. But the debauchery is, is the cliff. The, what leads to is the guardrail, because you can all finish the statement. One thing leads to another. The guardrail, the idea is that the one thing isn't bad. Paul's not saying drinking wine is bad. He's not. It's not a sin to drink wine. Some of you are like, oh, sweet. That's, that's, the, that's the one thing. He's saying, listen, the one thing, he says, it's not bad in itself, but here's where you may need a guardrail because one thing leads to another. And yes, thank you, I'll have another. And just thank you, I'll have another, right? And then pretty soon you don't even remember your name, right? That's the problem where he says, hey, this is why you need a guardrail. And it goes for all different kinds of areas. I know we're picking on alcohol because that's kind of the one that was up there, but People need a personal guardrail in different places, and some of you don't need that guardrail at all, but putting up a guardrail at one thing so that it doesn't lead to another, and for some friendships, they require a guardrail at that one thing so that it doesn't lead to another. Our friends have great potential to influence us. Our friends have great potential to influence us. You know why? Because acceptance leads to influence. When you hang out with people that accept you, you become open to their influence, it's what makes church a great, great, a church like this that says, hey, we accept people. It, it's, it opens people up to the influence of, of Jesus Christ in their life. So keep living that out. It's not a bad thing, but it's just a true thing. You know, we let our guard down around our friends. If you're around people who you know don't like you, you always kind of got, you're like, you're always watching, making sure. When you're around friends, you just kind of, you just you, right? You let your guard down. You're, you're okay with just being around them. What's really, really interesting, Morin Cerf, uh, I don't have t- time to talk about this, but you can look it up if, if this is like, oh, that's interesting. Morin Cerf uh, recently completed a study that just revealed that, by, that they're, they're studying the, the, the neurotransmissions of the brain, of when we're in contact with other people, what happens to our brains? And so before habits, before even any action, before thoughts and words, they say that by sitting next to somebody, your brain begins to start firing on the same patterns as theirs. The closer you're around people, your brain starts to fire on that same pattern. It's interesting because we always see, then I've heard, you become like those you're around. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a principle. It's just a thing thing. And that our friends, the people we're around, 
have great op, um, ability to influence us is something you can leverage for good. It's not a bad thing. It can work for you. How many of the testimonies that we had where people came up here, and some of them were you, you said, hey, you know, before you're about to be baptized, you heard their stories. They said, you know, my life used to be empty. It, it was full of pain. I made decisions that just, that just was broken. I, I don't know how else to describe my life, but with words like that. And then ultimately in the story, there's this part where they say, and then I met someone. Then I met Tracy. Then I met Josh, this kid who came into my restaurant. Then I met John Staginga. Then I met Charlie at the door. Then I met. And all of a sudden, from that moment of then I met, things began to change. And over time, you see people's lives being influenced by Christ in other people because the power of influence is just incredible. But way before Morin Surf or your parents or, you know, any of these people have figured this out, that your friends have ability to influence you, there's a man who wrote about this very thought, and it's one we're going to look at this morning. His name is Solomon. He's Israel's third king. First was Saul, then David, then Solomon. Known for his wisdom. And because of that, what he said and what he wrote down has been preserved for 3,000 years Thought your parents are old school, this is old school, all right? Proverbs 13, verse 20, here's what it says. Walk with the wise and become wise. He says, for a companion of fools suffers harm. He gives a promise and a warning this morning, and as old as it is, it's as true as it was then, it's as true today. The promise is that wisdom is contagious. If you want to be wiser, it's real easy. Just go hang out with people who are wiser than you. You want to gain, grow in wisdom, the promise is, you know, hang out with people. And sometimes people are like, you know, looking through the Bible for all these promises they can claim, and they rarely claim this one. You know, walk with the wise. Just leave that up there if you could, please. Walk with the wise, you become wise. You want to be wise? It's a pretty easy thing. I love mentorship. I love hearing Mike's story a little while ago. He says, I've just been spending time every week with John Stenga. Is John here today? So, but... He becomes wise as a result. His life is affected as a result. And what is wise? What does it mean to be wise? Wise is the person who realizes that everything in life is connected. Everything in life is connected. That action, that decision, that thought, it's connected to my future and the future of others. I can't just do everything that I want to do because it affects me and it affects everyone around me. And he says this, you want, to become, you want to be wise? Just hang out with wise people. And then he says the opposite. Here's the warning the companion of fools, the person who hangs out with fools. And we, we don't really call people fools too often around here. But he says, you know, the, the people who hang out with fools, they suffer harm. You know, our first thought when you see that proverb, that's not how we read it. We would read people who walk with the wise become wise. So the people who hang out with fools become fools. That's what we would think. And so for many of us, we, we live our lives thinking that with, with this thought, I can hang out with foolish people, even though we wouldn't call them, we'll describe in a second, but we, we have this thought, we, we think, I can, I can hang out with them, I'm just not going to do what they do. You know, I just kinda, we kind of share some interests, I like being around these people, but I'm just not going to participate in what they do. When they go to, to do that, that, that's not what I'm going to do. And, and Solomon's saying, that's not the issue. The issue is not that you'll become foolish, the issue is that you'll suffer harm. That you'll suffer harm. You know, if you're in the proximity of a wise person, you become wise. The proximity of a fool is like a proximity mine. Meaning when they, with no guardrails, crash their life, if you're too close or you're in the car, you're going to suffer harm. That's that same thought that he's talking about. You don't, he's, I don't want you to suffer harm. And what's a fool? A fool is a person who doesn't think that life is connected at all. A fool who says on Saturday night, I can go out and do whatever I want to do because I just want to have fun. 
that's foolish thinking because Sunday's coming, right? There's another day. You're going to wake up tomorrow, and there's people who woke up all over this country who are like waking up this morning going, how did I end up here? Who's that? It's true. It's true. Why? Because they don't realize, they don't realize that life is connected, that we can't just live any way we want. A fool is a person who knows the difference between right and wrong and says, I just don't care. He says, don't hang out with those people because, or don't be too close to them because when they, when, they, when they crash, and ultimately they will, you're going to be in the crossfire. You're going to be harmed. And so Solomon's letting people know that we require guardrails in our lives when it comes to the relationships to make sure that we are not too close. You know, suffering, have you, you know people who suffer the consequences of someone else's bad decision? I've been to funerals for people who suffered the consequences of someone else's bad decision. Someone else chose to drink and drive, and now they've lost their life. Why? Too close. Proximity. You know, um, this week in the news, you may have read of a girl named Brittany. Brittany's 23. She's a Canadian who uh, just decided to go travel the world. And as she was traveling the world, she met some people. She's spending some time in Thailand. And uh, as she was in Thailand, she, uh, she was out with some, some friends and got herself in some trouble. Right now, her case is up, uh, and she's facing 10 years in a Thai prison for spray-painting graffiti on a landmark wall. This wall right here, she didn't know. She didn't know. Her mom tells the reporter, saying, listen, this, like, we can't believe it. Her daughter calls and says, mom, I'm in trouble. And she's like saying, this is like crazy. This is so out of character for her. This is not, she never gets in trouble. She's the most likable person. She just went traveling. She's made friends all over. We can't believe that she may face, really face, the next 10 years in prison for this. What happened? You hear the story from her side. Brittany talks about how she met some people, and she went out with them, and they went out and had a few drinks. And as they were walking home afterwards, this guy that she was with, his last name is Lee, he, grabbed, he saw a spray paint can on the ground, and he picked it up, and he sprayed on the wall, Scouser Lee. That's a big, big thing. And so she picked up the, the can and thought, oh, that's kind of cool, and she just spray painted the letter B underneath it. Well, all of that area, because it's a tourist area, is, is on uh, surveillance camera. And so it didn't take them too long to find these two people who had spray-painted this wall and, and picked them up and now are facing 10 years in prison. 10 years in prison for writing the letter B on a wall. Why? Too close. Too close of proximity to a place where she shouldn't have been. And you know what's it's interesting? As I watched the rest of the article, they had the, um, uh, the interview. Sorry, they have the police officer on there from Thailand. And they asked him, like, don't you think this is extreme? He says, people need to learn before they come to countries, what the culture of that country is. He says, why? Because only one mistake can alter the rest of your life. I thought, wow, that is a powerful thought. Only one mistake can alter the rest of your life. That's why we need guardrails. Some of you are like, I don't, I don't want to do guardrails. I don't, I don't want, I'm not asking you to do it for me. I'm, I'm asking you to do it for you. To put some guardrails in our life because you know what, the people... Oftentimes, our greatest regrets had other people there. It was when we were around our friends. I think back to your first cigarette. You know who was there with you? Chances are there was someone else there with you when you had your first drink, when you had your first toke. Whatever it may be, there's probably someone else there with you. And we often think we're exceptions to the rules. Well, my friends, I know they're not perfect, but you know, they, they got my back. Can I just say something? 
it's healthy for us to observe our friendships and, and, and realize some things, just check out some things. If your friends don't care about their own health, and you do, they're not going to care about yours. If you've got friends who are like, you know what, they know you're trying to diet and eat healthy and eat right, and they're just like, hey, we're going to, we're going to Mandarin, you want to come? And like, uh, no, no, I don't, actually, that's not good for me. Come on anyways, I'm buying, and they take you there. If they don't care about their own, and I'm not saying it's whatever, I'm not going there, too dangerous. But if they don't care about their own health, they're not going to care about yours. If your friends, the people you're in close proximity with, diss their marriage, they're like, oh, my old lady, blah, 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 whatever. They're not going to care about yours when, you're, when yours is in trouble. You know, the people that you hang around with, they're always negative. It's amazing how pretty soon you start hearing it come out of your mouth. Why? Because they affect you. If they don't care, you know, about their finances, you're like, they're like, you have envelopes? You know, you actually budget? Come on, you're no fun. Let's go and let's go to the mall, right? They're not going to care about you. If they don't care about their own morality, if they don't care about their own relationships, they're not going to care about yours. And that's why we need guardrails. And so here's where we, here's where we shut her down today, giving you some things to think about, some things to take home. Andy in the series, and if you didn't like today, and like I'd rather see an upgraded version, you can watch Andy's online, uh, and it's pretty great. But he gives five possible guardrails for you to consider for yourself when it comes to your friendships. And if you love these suggestions, you're like, wow, that's awesome. You can thank me for bringing them to you. Um, and and um, if you hate them, just email Andy and tell him you don't like them. All right, so here they are. I should have put them on the screen, but I didn't. So just listen real, real close. And you, again, you can check it out online again. But he says, he says this, these are my opinions. These are simply opinions that I've had based on being a pastor for years. And I would agree with him because I see so much of what he described, I've seen it myself. They're well-informed opinions. They're not just his idea, his opinion. But here's the things we, we, that he suggests that we should set up a guardrail. And when doing that means our conscience should light up. There should be something in our conscience that goes, whoa, I, 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 gotta, I gotta look out because I'm approaching danger. He says this, your conscience should light up. When it dawns on you that your core group of friends is going in a different direction in life than you are, that should be, that should be a guard, that should be a thing that lights up when you realize, hey, we like the same, we, we both love the Leafs, you know, and, you know, it's like our, uh, we have all these things in common. Our children are the same age, but, you know, when it comes to things of importance, like, wow, you know what, they're not as passionate about their faith as, as I want to be. They're, you know, they, they're, they're not as passionate about marriage as, as I want to be. I, I feel like, you know, they, when I'm with them, it feels like we, we're going in different directions in life. That should be a guardrail to you because that will influence you. Second thought is this. Your conscience should light up when you're pretending to be someone you're not. And sometimes you don't realize that, but the other people around you do. Your spouse ever told you, hey, when you're with those people, man, when you hang out with him, you are such a different person. That should be a guardrail to you. That should be a thing that lights up. Uh, it's one of those things that you, you're, you're pretending to be and you'll become someone you... It's just not who you really are. That should be a guardrail. Number three, your conscience should light up when you feel pressure to compromise. You know, it wasn't a temptation before, and now all of a sudden it is. It's not like you're doing it, but now it's a temptation to do it. You're like, yeah, but it's legal in Canada now. It was never a temptation before, and all of a sudden now it is. Whatever that may be. You require, it requires a guardrail. 
Because it's, and it's not a guardrail that says, well, you know, I'm not going to do it. The guardrail is, why am I tempted to do it? That is not who I am or who I want to be. And whatever it may be, fill in the blank. Number four, your conscience should light up when you say things like, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to participate. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm going to hang out with those people, but I'm not going to do what they do. That should be a guardrail, and here's why. Because any parent here, let me just ask, maybe you, just, you can just imagine, even if you're not a parent, if your teenage daughter came up to you and said, hey, Dad, you know, uh, we're going to this party. There's going to be alcohol. There's a whole lot of boys. It's a it's guy's party. It's just me and my friend, two girls. We're just going to go to that party. You know, I, don't worry, Dad. Um, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to participate. What would you say as a parent? I would say this. My daughter was in here last night and said, Reese, if you come to me and say that, I'm going to give you two, two thoughts. One, you're not going. Or the other option is, I'm coming with you. You choose. She said, Dad, don't preach about me anymore. Why? Why? Because we know, right? We know that that's not how it goes. It should be a guardrail. And number five, your conscience should light up when the people you, when, when the people you care about, when you hope that the people you care about don't find out about your whereabouts. And I know that's a lot of abouts. But when you, that you don't care, that, that the people that you most care about, when you feel like, oh man, I hope that they don't find out where I've been, that should be a guardrail to you. That should be one of those things that lights up and says, you know what, I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta back off from here a little bit because it's dangerous. And for some, you're like, you know, this is adult to adult. You sound like, like a parent telling me, you know, that we, that there's, gonna, there's gonna be embarrassing moments if I have to set up guardrails as an adult. And can I just assure you with something? There will be embarrassing moments for you if you start setting up guardrails in your life in this area. I promise you, there will be embarrassing moments. Embarrassing, why? Because, you know, when you've got to say to the guys at work, <laughs> yeah, fellas, uh, sorry, I actually don't want to see that. Please don't pass that cell phone around with those pictures on it to me. I really, I really don't want to see that. What? What's wrong with you? Get a tissue. Everybody starts like, you know what? No, it's, it's a guardrail in my life. When some of you women have to say, you know, hey, sorry, I just can't go to that movie with you. I just, there's something on the inside. I just, I, it's, it's okay for you to go. I just can't go. Well, what's wrong with that movie? What's wrong with me? What's when it's like this embarrassment comes up. Can I just tell you something? I look back in my life and there's embarrassing situations in my life. There's been moments of embarrassment and there's been moments of regret. And I'll tell you, I will take embarrassment every single time. If I have the choice between embarrassment and regret, embarrassment lasts for a minute. Regret lasts a lifetime. And so for you, when we say, hey, set up these things, it's when I look back, yeah, I may have to, but I don't want the regret. I may have to say, listen, don't pass it around because I don't want the addiction to that for the rest of my life. You know, I don't want to see that because I don't want to, I don't want to start down a pathway that leads me to something that I no longer control. I don't want the regret. I'm sorry. This is a, a, a guardrail in my life. You know, the thing is, when you think about the people in our lives, and we started with that, you know, isn't it kind of judgmental not hanging out with them? Can I just tell you something? If you really care about your friendships, the safest thing you can do or the best thing you can do for them is to stay on the safe side of the guardrail for their sake. They're like baiting you. Come with us, come with us, come with us. And guess what? When they go off the cliff, relationally, financially, morally, addictionally, whatever it is, they're not going to go to all their buddies who are in the same place as them. Oh, my marriage is failing. I don't know what to do. Let me ask this guy. Wait, you've been married four times. You know, like, that's not who they're going to talk to. Who are they going to talk to? Help. The one who they laughed at for setting up a guardrail. They're going to say, 
help. The ones financially going to say, hey, how come I'm here but you're there? Help. The safest thing you can do for your friends is to simply stay on the safe side of the guardrail. That is true compassion. For some, we think, oh, it's not compassionate to, 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 to distance ourselves from people. <sighs> we have too much misguided compassion where we think it's compassion, but it's actually compromise. You know, our kid's going off to university, and they're like, well, I've got to hang out with my classmates because otherwise, you know, how is Jesus going to reach them? Yeah, it's true, but it'll never cause you to compromise. You know, Jesus hung around with all kinds of people, but he never did what they did simply because it was genuine compassion. He didn't need a guardrail, but we, we might. And so the question this morning is, was what about you? As we've talked about it, maybe there were moments, and I'm not saying that's all. Because not everybody needs a guardrail in this area. If you're like a hermit and you don't like hanging out with anybody, you really don't need this guardrail in your life. If you have no friends, you don't need this guardrail in your life. If you love regrets, you don't need this guardrail in your life. But I have a feeling that there's some of us here that, that, just, that just might. And you know, today it's personal. It's one of those things where it's up to you to decide if it's right for you, if it's wisdom for you. Last night I talked about a friend. He's actually here today, so I can't say his name, um, but maybe we'll put that one online. So, but years ago, he came to me and said, he says, Mark, you know, my life is going in this direction. I don't really want it to go that way. I don't know what to do. And he says, my friends keep bringing me into the spot. And I was like, you know what? Maybe you need to find some new friends. He's like, you know, I can't. I have like 50 friends that that I hang out with all the time. I just can't leave that. Later on, came back again saying, you know, I'm kind of in the same place. And I think it was Wes who told him the same thing. Hey, maybe you should find some new friends. And he's like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's just too difficult. And then we watched him. We thought, man, Wes and I remember talking about thinking, well, we don't even have 50 friends. You know, like this guy is like popular. And he said, you know what? I, I, I have to. I've got to, make, I've got to set up this guardrail that I, I just can't hang out with those people anymore, regardless of what they say to me, talk to me or whatever. And we watched the transformation in his life over the years to see where he's become uh, just a great man of God, a leader, uh, a good friend to us, and just watching his life change simply because he was brave enough to set up a guardrail. Sorry, Rubes, just had to say it. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you, you know what, we, we, we maybe look back at regrets, but I can tell you, you'll never regret setting up a guardrail in your life. You just won't. You just won't. So this morning, this morning, I want to ask you, what are you going to do with today? For those where you felt that prompting on the inside, you saw names and faces come to mind today as we were talking. Maybe they're sitting beside you right now. If it's your spouse, it doesn't count, but maybe it's the others, right? It's like, hey, this is something that I kind of need to deal with. What are you going to do about that today? Because just, just picture with me real quick. What if today you say, you know what, hey, I'm not going to do anything about this, and, and one year from now you come back. One year from now, you come back and say, you know, I should have. I thought that I could handle it. I thought it was going to be fine. But you come back in a year from now, and you're suffering incredible damage relationally because of it. Your friends got you into a fight you didn't want to be in. Your friends caused you incredible pain you didn't want. What if you could come back and say, let's just rewind to to this moment right now where you have a chance to say, okay, I'm going to make a different decision. A year ago, I made this decision, but today I'm going to make this one. You know, what if we, we had the fairies, like click your heels three times and you go all the way back and you didn't have to do any of that? Well, what if this moment is your second chance? What if this moment is your opportunity just to simply say, I'm just going to face up to what God's revealing in my life. And I know that I know that I need a guardrail here in my life. 
so that in a year from now, what will it look like? What will it look like? Wow, I'm grateful that I don't have those regrets to look back on simply because I set up a guardrail. He who hangs out with the wise becomes wise. Companion of fools suffers harm. That's why we're doing this series. We just want less harm for you. And so this morning, I'm just going to leave it at that. Allow Holy Spirit to do in in you what he desires to do, and then you to be courageous and do what only you can do. It's to set up your own personal guardrails in this area. And next week, we'll talk about friends with benefits. It is not great, or it's not G-rated anyways. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word, even, even as old as it is, as powerful as it is, as true as it is for us. I know it opens us up and makes us feel uncomfortable sometimes, but you do that for our good. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. God, thanks for what you're doing in my life, even through this time of looking at these, these uh, guardrails and just your truth. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you that you love us so much as a perfect parent, that you care enough to let us know about these things. Lord, help us to be courageous, to honor you as we walk out our life with you and for you. May others see you as a result of the decisions we make. Thank you for that. It's in your awesome name I pray. Amen.